Hey, everybody. I am Stephanie Goss, and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. This week on the podcast, I am without my partner in crime, Dr. Andy Rourke, but don't worry, he will be back better than ever for our next episode. And I have a fantastic special guest with me this week, and I'm excited to introduce her to you. We'll get into that in just one second. But first, I have to say a big, huge thank you to our friends at VetSource. This episode is sponsored by VetSource, which means it is coming to you ad-free. An online pharmacy can be a very important tool in your inventory tool box. We know that it makes sense because we're going to be talking about inventory today. And so VetSource has a very special offer for our Uncharted podcast listeners. If you schedule a consultative call to learn more about how VetSource can help you, you're going to head over to the link that they put together just for our listeners, which is vetsource.com forward slash uncharted podcast. The first 10 practices to schedule a call will receive an additional $50 Grubhub gift certificate, which is awesome. So thanks to the team at VetSource for bringing this to us ad-free today. And I also want to give a huge shout out to our friends at Banfield Pet Hospital. They stepped up to the plate in a big way and are making our podcast more accessible to the entire veterinary community by providing transcripts for every episode of both our Uncharted podcast and the Cone of Shame podcast for 2022. This falls right smack in the middle of their wheelhouse of striving to increase accessibility and inclusivity across the veterinary profession. So if you would like to learn more about equity, inclusion, and diversity at Banfield, or to check out our transcripts, you can head over to the blog at unchartedvet.com forward slash blog. You'll see the transcripts and there's some links that will get you over to find out more information about what Banfield is doing for EIND in the veterinary community. And now let's get into this episode. And now the Uncharted Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. I am Stephanie Goss. And once again, I am without my usual partner in crime, Dr. Andy Rourke. However, I have a very fun and exciting guest here with me today. I have Nicole Clausen with me. And for those of you guys who don't know Nicole, uh, she is a super inventory nerd, which is what attracted me to her in the first place. I love uh, how much she is passionate about inventory and about practice management systems and really about helping helping the profession figure out one of those things that seems to perplex uh, people and practices over and over again. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited about this episode. I am so excited that you are here. So uh, I met Nicole... I don't even know how we actually met, but I knew of you for a really long time because I was manager who worked with Avmark and um, did a lot of stuff and things. And I remember when I started working with other practices, there were not a lot of resources for getting the inventory beast that is Avmark's inventory segment set up. And I remember you were doing some awesome stuff and it was so great to be able to look at what you were doing. And you've always been great about sharing resource information outwardly in our space, which I so admire. And um, so tell us a little bit about kind of why you started your company because you actually left practice to like go all in on helping people with inventory. So tell us a little bit about what that journey looked like for you. Sure. So it's in almost coming up on five years now, which is just crazy to think about. Um, but so 
When I very first started managing inventory, my inventory training was very, very limited, right? So we're talking my training look like, oh, when you shake a bottle and it feels low, you order it. And (laughs) (laughs) that was basically kind of so funny how that's the kind of training that we get. (laughs) Like here, let me throw you the whole hope for the best. So to kind of call me an inventory manager in the beginning was being very generous. Um, And I just remember feeling like I like to be a person who knows what I'm doing and I did not know what I was doing. And so it made me very uncomfortable and I was brand new to practice, brand new to inventory. And so basically I was on the struggle bus and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, this was kind of before Facebook groups were a thing. And I, you know, was living in Montana, fairly like isolated, um, you know, from other, you know, other people in vet med outside of my practice. And so basically I just started learning everything that I could. Um, and so I started developing these systems in my inventory and it was working pretty well. And I started um, other like local area practices would ask me for questions, etc. And then um, I actually had an MWI rep who asked me to speak to a practice manager's group um, about inventory. And I just remember speaking Uh to that and I was like, oh my word, it just lit my soul on fire. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing is just like helping people and educating them and just seeing those light bulb moments go off. You know, I just feel like I live for those light bulb moments. And Uh I just kind of, I started um, doing uh, just some speaking and then it very quickly grew where people were asking me to come in and consult and you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll just do like local area Montana practices. But I started going coast mm-hmm. to coast very quickly. And it's just kind of evolved since then. But I think kind of like my guiding light and my founding principle has always been, I want to, I want other inventory managers to feel like they have somebody in their corner. Because mm-hmm. It can be such a a lonely role because there's usually only one inventory manager in a practice. And then on top of that, there's not a lot of training and resources out there. And then to compound it Mm -hmm. by, you know, I think VetMed in general is fairly thankless, but especially as an inventory manager, because no one is ever like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for having what we needed for this procedure today. You are the best. (laughs) So... (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Like, thank you so much for having those bottles of Rimadyl on the shelf. I appreciate you. Like, that is a thing that never happens. No, I don't think I ever heard that. So I just wanted to be like there and feel even if like one person, if I could help one person feel like they had somebody in their corner, like, I feel like I, you know, I, I achieved my goal. So that's kind of like how I got started. Well, you have definitely achieved your goal because I know that you have helped a multitude of people beyond one one person. Um, you now, you have an open community on Facebook, which actually I was just uh, recently did a podcast with uh, Jen Galvin and we were talking about inventory and uh, we were talking about the Facebook group actually and talking about how great it is that we have so many more Facebook groups in the veterinary community. Like I, I'm going to date myself here, but I remember when I started in veterinary medicine and the only online resource 
for people who were not doctors was VSPN, right? Which has been support staff program. Yes. And that was it. And, um, and it took me the longest time to find that because that was all that was out there. And I, I didn't, uh, online wasn't an option. And I feel like I, one of the things that I appreciate as, uh, as negative a black hole as social media can be, one of the things that I do appreciate about Facebook is the ability to connect with people in our field. And so I, um, I'm, I'm an active member in your veterinary inventory group on there. And I love seeing people be able to reach out not only to you, who is someone who has gotten training and has a really solid foundation, obviously, on how to do inventory, but to each other, to ask those questions like, hey, are you having this problem? Hey, has anybody, you know, uh, found anywhere to get this? Because I asked my two regular distributors and this is on back order and I really need this thing, right? It's like those day-to-day questions where we used to be so isolated Mm -hmm. and you used to maybe call the practice down the street or phone a friend, right? And ask and ask somebody you knew, but that was really the where it kind of ended for a lot of us. And so I love the the space that you have made for people to to be able to connect um, and be able to talk to each other about that kind of stuff. Thank you. It's I love the Facebook group and I feel like there is just so many cool people in there. And I just love seeing the um, you know, VetMed has its problems, right? But there, I just like love seeing just the amount of people that are so willing to help and so giving and Mm -hmm. so um, gracious and so just willing to help people no matter what. I think it's so great, um, you know, about so many people in vet med is just that spirit of giving and generosity. Um, And so I just Mm -hmm. love you know, seeing the connections and all the growing and learning that's happening. It's just so cool to witness. Totally. Well, speaking of back orders, when you and I were talking about, uh, you know, we we got nerdy together for a second over email. And we were like, there's so many things that we would have fun talking about together. And one of those things that immediately uh, stuck out to me was the idea of how do we, what are some strategies for navigating back order? And when you threw that out, I was like, yes because it feels like the whole world is on back order right now. (laughs) Like like I walk into the grocery store and the shelves are half empty. You can't, uh, you know, I'm constantly getting, this is out of stock alerts on all my auto ship stuff, uh, you know, with Amazon. Like it's not just us in veterinary medicine. And I know how frustrated I have been in the recent past with things being on back order for the clinic. And I know that I'm not alone. Like I hear it regularly in the Uncharted community. I see it regularly in the inventory nerd group on Facebook. Like I see it in our manager groups that you and I are both in. Everybody's like, this thing is on back order. And the frustrating part, I think for a lot of us is that for a long time, you know, something would go on back order, but usually there was an alternative and and you could find something else that you could replace it with. And the back orders were, even when they happened, kind of frequently, it was short lived, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe something would go on back order for a couple of months, but then it would come back in stock. And I feel like the last two years, a lot of us have had to face things being on back orders for extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And um, multiple things 
that would be a solution or a replacement for each other being on back order at the same time, right? Because they're, the whole world has latched on to this panic buying where toilet paper's out of stock on the grocery shelf. So let's order, you know, nine tons of it from Amazon and hoard it in our house. <laughs> and I feel like that has applied to the clinic as well. And so I want to talk a little bit today with you about what are some of those strategies? How do we approach the fact that things are going to go on back order? How do we be better prepared for that when it happens in the moment? And then also, what do we do to prepare for it again? Because eventually something else is going to go on back order. And and better yet, what are some things that we can do with our inventory so that we avoid issues in the first place, if at all possible? Yeah, so those are really great questions and such a timely thing because absolutely to your point, it seems like literally anything and everything is on back order right now. This is like so random, but my favorite drink in the whole world is like a brown sugar oat milk shake and espresso from Starbucks. And I live in a very rural area. So anytime I go to town, which is like Mm -hmm. a 20 or 30 minute adventure, every time Mm -hmm. I go to Starbucks, literally every time I try to get my drink and they're like, oh, we're out of oat milk. We're out of oat milk. We can't get it. And I'm like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just kind of one of those things right now. But I think you know, as we're thinking about back orders, right, there's so many pieces, right? It's like, how do we kind of prepare for before they ever happen? What do we do when it actually happens? And then what are some Uh steps that maybe we can take to kind of build in some resiliency there? Um, Uh And I think the biggest one that comes down to is communication. So that really is going to be the key to back orders, because A, um, you know, how do we communicate with our team that something's on back order, right? How do we make sure that everyone knows, okay, this product is on back order and it's not necessarily just out of stock or I forgot to order it. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I love the idea of creating a hospital Slack account. If you've um, mm-hmm. never heard of Slack before, it is um, like a instant messenger platform, essentially, where you can create Mm -hmm. different channels and like all that other great stuff. And so you could have a channel that's just for back orders. You could have a want list channel. You could have different channels for different departments. Like it's so flexible. Um, So Mm -hmm. I really like that. But then also um, adding a alert to your practice management system, right? So somebody goes to dispense something, it says, product XYZ is on back order. Sorry, here's an alternative. Um, mm-hmm. Some PIMs allow you to do that. Some not so much, but do not. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about the completeness so, of PIM are, sister and sister so, another day. <laughs> some are still in the stone ages. Bless their hearts. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so let's start, let's start at the beginning, which is um, like, And I think it kind of goes out of order, right? Like, so you would think logically, how do we preemptively prepare so that we don't struggle? And I think you and I both know that most of our colleagues deal with back order when someone goes to get something off the shelf and it's the last of something and it's not been put on the order book. And now we're completely out of it. And you've got five post-it notes on your desk from somebody saying, hey, I need this thing. And then you go to order it. And oh, there's the alert that it's on back order. Mm -hmm. And now you're telling people that not only 
has it not been ordered and we're completely out of it, but it's on back order and you're not going to get it. Um, and it's that moment of panic. I feel like most of us deal with most often that triggers, I know for me always triggered massive anxiety around how do I, to your point, how do I communicate this? Because I know I'm going to have to tell the team. And then if I tell everybody who's here today, it won't help me with the fact that people are off and then you play the telephone game and then people are like, I didn't get the memo. And that doesn't, that doesn't consider how do we communicate that to clients either as well, right? So mm-hmm. how, I love your idea of Slack. I think that's, that's so great. We use Slack in my practice and uh, we actually had an inventory channel and that's where all of our inventory communications went. And we, um, for those of you guys who do use Slack, if you have, if you don't use it, uh, I love that you brought it up, Nicole, because you should absolutely check it out. It's a huge communication tool uh, and can do a lot for your team. If you guys are a Microsoft Teams hospital, Teams has a similar Slack-ish kind of functionality within it. Uh, so that's an alternative as well. And there's several others. But um, what I love about Slack is we had an inventory channel. And so within individual channels, you can create a post and then you can pin it. And I think about pinning kind of like a bulletin board. Mm-hmm. And so what I would do is I started a message called back orders and the back order post was pinned within our channel. And so anybody could go into the inventory channel and click on the pinned post and it would always be at the top and they could see what was on inventory. When did it go on uh, or what was on back order? Excuse me. What, when did it go on back order? What was the expected ETA? What was the potential alternative if there was one? Um, and any other important notes like this is, you know, this is on indefinite back order. There are no other alternatives. Like the doctors are having a meeting to discuss what we're going to use instead, right? Like that kind of communication notes. It, it served two purposes. One, it helped uh, keep it all in one place. And two, it helped me as the manager with that ongoing communication within our team, because to your point, the communication piece is often where a lot of practices struggle, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, you know, the communication can go beyond just how do we effectively communicate a back order, but also it's kind of, you know, building those relationships with your sales reps, um, with your, especially the inside sales team, because they're going to be able to alert you to a lot of potential back orders that are coming down the pike. Um, so it's yes. kind of like building that relationship is so helpful. Yes, I love that. But then also sometimes, okay, I'm not saying that we can like predict back orders because that's challenging. But sometimes like depending on what's going on in the world, we can think about, okay, is this going to have an impact on the supply chain? So if you remember like back in 2017, I think it was, the big hurricane that hit Puerto Rico, and mm-hmm, there's a mm-hmm. ton of Baxter and um, facility manufacturing facilities in Puerto Rico. So they had that huge hurricane. Mm-hmm. And subsequently, then we had huge back orders of fluids, fluid lines, all that other stuff because we had, yep. you know, all those facilities were damaged. So, and then also like on that note, um, so if you remember kind of uh, maybe it's like 2020 when India was really struggling with COVID really bad. India is actually yep. a huge exporter of generics. And so because they have such a significant portion of generic exportation, we saw 
significant back orders um, in a lot of our generics. So sometimes, I mean, of course, mm-hmm. not all, we can kind of tell what might be coming down the pike as far as supply chain issues go, depending on what's going on with the world. Well, and and I love your point about your inside sales reps because that they are like, they're like the ones who should get cookies sent to them, right? Because <laughs> they're amazing. And to your point, like the average inventory manager in a practice who's doing 95 other things during the course of their day is not going to necessarily have the knowledge of uh, like what you were just talking about, right? Like they're not necessarily going to know where different things are made in the world and where things come from. But the inside sales reps, not only do they get notices on back orders before they happen, but they also, that's what their training is for, right? Like they know that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so they are like your, they should be your best friend. (laughs) Yes. And I, uh, I like you leaned into those relationships and built really good ones. And in fact, it's funny because I have two inside sales reps at two different companies, uh, distributor companies that I have worked with for the entire, I think I'm going on my 18th year in practice that whole time. And even though I have moved states and moved territories multiple times, I have requested to keep that inside sales rep assigned to my account on more than one occasion because they're amazing. And, you know, and it's it's worth building those relationships and Absolutely. taking the time to get to know them. Um, because lots of us, like you and I both know, living in rural areas, when you are in a rural area, you don't get the reps that walk into the practice on a regular basis. Like I feel like the first year I lived here, I could count on one hand the number of reps I saw, and I probably saw them twice in the first 12 months, if if that. Mm-hmm. Some of them I didn't see even at all, um, you know, because the bigger their territories are, or the more rural their territories are, the outside sales reps don't necessarily get to go around to everybody's practice. So, um, but yet everybody has an inside sales rep, and especially now that we've all leaned into, uh, you know, remote communicating, having contact with them by email or phone, um, or I loved the um, our distributors when they all started to add the chat functionality to their website. Yeah, the ability to <laughs> to be multitasking in the practice and chat with my inside sales rep and ping them and be like, "Hey, what can you tell me about this thing? It won't let me order it, but I really need it." You know, you know, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, though those relationships with our inside sales reps can be so beneficial, um, and just making sure you know because they can they can, a lot of times they can make stuff happen. Mm-hmm. That is, that is a, that is a true story. So, okay. So when you think about communication being important and we think about communicating to the team, uh, you mentioned needing to be able to communicate like what it, what is happening with the back order, right? Mm-hmm. Things like timeline, do we have an alternative product? Uh, what do we know about the back order situation? Like, is it on Alec? Is it now on allocation? Are we still going to be able to get it, but just in limited quantities? Is it completely unavailable? Are we in a pending queue so that when they do get a stock in, we're going to get some? Like, all of that is important stuff to be able to communicate to the team. And those are all the nitty gritty details that people really, I. I feel like it's easy as the inventory manager to feel ignored mm-hmm. a lot of the time because the rest of the team is busy, right? And I, I, 
hundreds of times where I had shared that kind of information with my team. And they'd be like, you never told me. And I'm like, yes, I did. But (laughs) the reality is not that they, not that they're not listening because that's the first place that mine goes is right. Like, gosh, darn it. Why doesn't anybody ever listen to me? (laughs) But the reality is like, they're doing a million things at once, the same as I am. And so, uh, you know, it goes in and then it gets forgotten about. So having a system where that can live so that you can remind people and recall it. Mm-hmm. And heck, half the time, like doctors, the doctors would ask me, hey, is this thing still on back order? And I couldn't tell you off the top of my head because I it, things had moved and shifted and changed and the ability for myself to be able to go back and go, look, I don't know, let me look, let me see what I put in, uh, you know, in Slack and see what the last update was, was, was huge. So that communication piece of it, are there other things that you can think of that we can do particularly in the moment when we find out that something is on back order to kind of ease that pain. So making friends with the inside sales reps, Mm -hmm. but, but what else? The next step would really be to see if there is an alternative, right? And kind of come up with a little bit of a game plan. So like, so for example, in the case of, let's just say vet medin that goes on back order every other week, I feel like, you know, then it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, is there a compounded True product? Of it? Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's just inevitable. Um, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Um, so mm-hmm. it's like, you know, is there an alternative product? Can we get this compounded? Are the doctors comfortable with a compounded product? Is there an alternative product that's available? You know, what does that kind of look like? Um, and so mm-hmm. I always recommend, especially in the moment, because it is anxiety reducing. It is kind of a panic moment. Just have like a mm-hmm. cheat sheet or just kind of like um, just some questions or something that you can either fill out or just think about. So have that readily available mm-hmm. that says like, okay, I'm going to check compounding. I'm going to check my inside with my inside sales reps. Um, you know, and then maybe depending on the level of product importance, you know, that might have like a mm-hmm. little bit of a change, right? Because we're going to treat tongue depressors differently than we're going to treat like rabies vaccines or euthanasia solution. Right. Um, right. So it's kind of like, you know, depending on how critical this is, maybe I might do something differently. Um, and then trying to figure out, you know, absolutely to your point, if this is a long-term situation, because, you know, like a couple of years ago, if you remember like the opioid crisis, basically we could not yes. get anything for kind of a long time. And mm-hmm. people were down to basically using like buprenorphine. Um, so it's mm-hmm. like, if that were to happen, you know, what are our options going to be? You know, I guess like what is, um, mm-hmm. plan A, maybe plan C, maybe plan F. Um, and just mm-hmm. kind of thinking through, you know, what fits best for your standard of care, what bit fits best for your veterinarians, for your care team, everything like that. And this is where your point about communication, I think, is also really, really important because that is all communicating, right? Like, Again, this is where it's hard for a lot of us who are inventory managers because most of us are not doctors, mm-hmm. although I know some of you are listening to this and I know your practice owners 
and I know you're in charge of inventory at your practice and you need to stop it. <laughs> that should not be your job. <laughs> Someone else on your team should be in charge of that. Uh, but I'm going to save that soapbox. But most of our inventory managers are not doctors, right? So so we can't make those decisions in a in a silo. We have to be able to communicate with our practice owner, our medical director, our associate veterinarians and have not only conversation and communication about what is going to happen, but they have to be involved in that decision-making process Mm -hmm. of you as the inventory manager supplying them with the information. And so you need to know things like, is this temporary or not? Is this, you know, all of the questions that we've already talked about, and then be able to ask them. To your point, if we're talking about anesthesia um, or something we use as part of our pre-med protocol, they need to know, are there any other alternatives? Uh, what can you get instead? And so I love your point about creating like a cheat sheet for yourself or having some sort of um, template, whether it's in your practice management software, they all have a glossary function. Get yourself a glossary and make yourself a glossary entry for when something is on back order so that you can fill in all of those notes fields and then kick a message to your practice owner or your medical director and say, hey, FYI, this thing is on back order. Here's all the info I have. Please advise what you would like me to do, right? And then that communication is really important because your doctor needs to be able to take under into account, is this something like non-earth shattering, like, uh, you know, maybe an eye ointment that's gone on back order. And there's a generally acceptable alternative that probably none of the other doctors are going to argue with them about. Mm-hmm. Or is this something like an anesthetic or a pre-med where um, the other doctors might not feel comfortable using different things mm-hmm. and where they need to have a doctor's meeting, uh, you know, to decide that kind of thing. Totally. And that's where I think the communication is so, so important. Yeah. Because I think as we kind of like go into, I think, well, not really even go into, but just continue the season of supply chain disruptions, it's just important for our team to kind of come together on this and realize that A, inventory mm-hmm. is a team sport and B, you can't make, ba- uh, you know, you can't make more product in your bathtub. Um, so we can't like, right. you know, <laughs> conjure up these backwarder products. So it's like, you know, how do we make sure that we are, you know, treating our patients, you know, to the best of our abilities, because, you know, that's ultimately what we're here for. So. And l- let's talk about that for a second, because um, one of the things that I think can be a tool in the toolbox that a lot of times we forget is um, there are often times where um, your main distributor might have something on back order, but other distributors have it available, or um, where your online pharmacy partner has it available in stock, mm-hmm. right? Because they're the distributors are buying things obviously in much larger quantities as are our, our home delivery partners. And so that's a tool that you should absolutely have in your tool belt and be able to reach for it and know who can I call, who can I source. And it never pains me more than when I hear from somebody who's like, we only have one distributor account mm-hmm. and I can't get this thing. What do I, what do I do? Right. And I'm like, oh, yeah. It's like a knife in the heart. I know. It's like, like no, <laughs> no, please. Right? 
Um, so I think knowing, um, and there's, there's a couple of things for that. Obviously you as the inventory manager can't open up accounts. That's something that your practice owner, uh, or your medical director has to do, but having alternative, um, you know, distributors, uh, and being able to utilize something like Vet Cove, mm-hmm. right. Uh, where you can just pop in what you're looking for and see, can you get it with another distributor in, mm-hmm. in a one-stop view, right. Or being able to lean in and say to a client, Hey, we don't actually have this in stock and, and it's on back order. So we're not actually going to get a shipment for another couple of weeks. However, I can get you a bottle through our home delivery service or two bottles through them because they still have it in stock. Would you like me to send it to you so that you have enough to get you through until we get our next shipment, right? It's having those kind of tools to lean into that I think are super important. Totally. I. It's so important, I think, especially right now with just uh, problems with availability is having the option for different distributors, manufacturers, just having that available to you because you don't, you can open an account, but you don't have to spend money with them. You know, it's not like you have to have like a monthly minimum. So I always recommend having um, different options, especially a mix of like smaller and larger distributors and vendors. So that if, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. your main one, it's on backward through there, they can go a different route. And another thing that Mm -hmm. some people don't realize is when you're looking at your distributor's website, oftentimes that's just the availability for your local warehouse. So it could be available Mm -hmm. in another warehouse, but that's where their relationship with their inside sales rep is key because you could just buzz them up and say, hey, I see this is on back order for me um, or it's out of stock. Is it truly out of stock or is there some available in another warehouse? So I think that can be, Mm -hmm. you know, just another really helpful tool for you. What, um, what are some things, so getting out of the, in the moment, what are some of the things that we can do, um, to prepare ourselves for when it's going to happen again, right? Cause we know it's going to happen again. So we were just talking about having multiple accounts with manufacturers and distributors, super, super key, mm-hmm. right? Having an online, an online pharmacy partner. Um, I know you're a big advocate as well as, as I am, like, uh, it doesn't matter who you're using. You just have to have one yeah. because the ability to say to your clients, let me have this basically drop shipped and sent to your house is, is so, so huge. Are there other things that uh, practices can do to help plan for when it happens again? I think one of the important things is kind of twofold is recognizing what your really important products are. Because I think sometimes when we're in the day to day and we're thinking, you know, it's not really in our mind, inventory is kind of all created equal, but in terms of importance, that may not necessarily be the case, right? So our vaccines, our euthanasia solution, our pre-meds, like all of those way more important than cotton balls and tongue depressors and, you know, what have you, slide covers. Mm-hmm. So just keeping in the back of your mind and just kind of knowing, especially when we're just kind of in survival mode of what those, I like to call them your VIP products, so that you always know mm-hmm. what those key products are for your practice. Um, and you can kind of keep a pulse on them to see like, and then the other thing is if you use Vet Cove, you can, um, you know, they have the little different colored trucks. Sometimes you can start to see like, 
oh, one goes on back order. And then like maybe a week later, another one goes on back order. And you're like, mm, something's not right here. Um, so yep. you can kind yep. of start to see the like the progression of the back orders. Um, so that's kind of like helpful to to monitor if you have the time. But really just acknowledging what those key products are can be super helpful. One of the things that I know you do a lot of educating on with the uh, clinics that you work with and then just in general within the the communities that you're a part of is the concept of, uh, of reorder points. Mm-hmm. And you and I know that that's born out of that place of fear for us where we started, where we're literally shaking the bottle <laughs> and going there's like three tablets left. Maybe it's time that I order it. Or more often than not, we're looking at the shelf and it's totally empty and you don't know how long it's been empty for, mm. but you know that <laughs> you know that it shouldn't be empty. There actually should be something you know, here. <laughs> that, right, exactly. Um, uh, and reorder points are something that I feel like people really, really struggle with a lot. It's hard to get um, a really good well-functioning system in place. But to your point, that's something that's really important, knowing what those VIP products are and learning how to lean into the, like, I think all of us who are inventory managers get trained in the, have all the things on hand, Mm -hmm. don't run out of things, but also don't spend too much money, Mm -hmm. right? And so it feels like we're getting pressed from all sides Mm -hmm. and, I think that's one of those places where I learned to lean in to knowing the inventory and feeling comfortable enough to say, hey, look, the multiple different trucks have started changing color or my inside sales rep has given me that heads up saying this is going to be a thing. And FYI, it's going to be a thing for the next few months. So you might want to stock up on this. That's where I learned into trusting that um, the give and take and saying to my practice owner, my medical director, hey, I know we normally don't carry a lot of extra stock and this has now gone on back order with multiple manufacturers. I really like this is a one of our VIP things. I really feel like now's the time to order like three months worth so that we have enough on the on the shelf. Are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. Right. And that conversation seems to be so hard for so many people to have. And it's, it's one of those areas that I see people re- reorder or reorder points just seem to be one of those areas that I see our, our colleagues struggle with a lot. And I know you talk to people a lot about, about it. So tell me, tell me about how you think reorder points can help us with this, uh, with the back order piece. Totally. So what I like about reorder points, and I could probably go on forever in a day about reorder points. So I'll try to keep it somewhat brief, but my favorite thing about reorder points is they give, they're a data point, right? They give us data and information. They put numbers to it, right? So I bet you right now, if you're listening, if you asked every single person in your practice what low means for like gabapentin, let's just say, you're going to get a different mm-hmm. answer for every single person in your practice. And so what reorder yes. points do is they allow you to quantify what low means so that you can say, because I bet then if you survey 10 practices in your area, low is going to be different for every single practice. Mm-hmm. Yep. So 
when you kind of calculate and utilize reorder points, it can help you quantify what's low. And then, Stephanie, mm-hmm. going back to your what you mentioned earlier about having that conversation with your practice owner or your medical director about a three-month supply, you now have data behind that. So rather than just saying like, mm-hmm. oh, I think we should just order 10 bottles, right? you know, because you have calculated those reorder points and your reorder quantities, that each month you use a bottle and a quarter without fail. Just that's kind of, so Mm -hmm. then you know, okay, like going in looking at, okay, what am I going to purchase for three months? You know, because you have your 30-day supply, you know exactly what that's going to look like. And then it gives you kind of confidence in that direction to have those conversations with data and information rather than just kind of being like, well, I'm pretty sure we should do this. Mm -hmm. And and I will totally admit, like when I, there have been plenty of times, especially when I was getting started with inventory where I just went with my gut Mm -hmm. and I was like, Mm -hmm. uh. I don't, I don't know. Maybe (laughs) I should buy five bottles. Like that feels like it's enough. And then inevitably I would, I would just pick, pick it, shoot in the dark, like throw a dart. Right. And then the thing would come and then we'd go through it in like a week. Mm -hmm. And then I'd be like, gosh, Mm -hmm. darn it. (laughs) And now, and now it's on total back order and you can't get it. And now everybody's mad because they're like, I thought you said you were ordering enough to get us through. And I was like, "Eh, I I thought thought I was, was, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like don't get mad don't shoot the messenger right right? but but I think I I love uh you and I are both uh you know super spreadsheet nerdy uh friends at heart and like I I love that like the the data is so so important Mm -hmm. and to your point the ability to communicate that effectively with uh the person who ultimately is in charge of that with you, um, your your partner, whether it's your your practice owner or your medical director, or whatever, the ability to say, I I've pulled the numbers from Avmark and here's exactly how much we've used in a three month period. You know, the inside sales rep is expecting this to be on back order for at least eight weeks. I really think that we should get 12 weeks worth to be sure. Are you okay that I order it? Here's the dollar amount that that's going to cost us. And, uh, you know, make a case for those for those instances where you go above and beyond, uh, you know, certainly your mantra and mine, which is if it doesn't turn over in 30 days, you probably don't need to have that much on your shelf. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. So um, I love that. And I just think about, you know, kind of when, um, you know, COVID first started happening, we were kind of like first experiencing these back orders. Sometimes it's really mm-hmm. easy to kind of like give into the panic a little bit. And I've just heard from so many practices that at that time they bought a bunch, like, like, like Dex SP. Oh. I think one practice <laughs> bought like 12 bottles, you know, which is like, I'm oh, not kidding gosh. you, like a 16 year <laughs> supply for them. So. <laughs> When we kind of think like, okay, what is reasonable? Because mm-hmm. when we panic buy, that makes the back order that much worse. Yes. It's like, yes, we yes. want to be taken care of and we want our practice to be taken care of, but we also don't need to like, you know, buy a decade's worth. Right. So <laughs> I think having that data can help that. 
And that's one of the things I love. Uh, back to your point about our inside sales reps, it, it used to it used to in the moment uh, be frustrating, right? When I'm on the phone with my sales rep and they'd be like, "Well, it's now on allocation, and I can only send you two bottles." And I used to get frustrated with that because it's like you feel that overwhelming sense of panic of like, "But what if I can't get any more? And why can't you just sell me the twelve bottles that I now want to buy?" Mm-hmm. And you and I having done the kind of education that we have and, and worked with the, the manufacturers and distributors the way that we both have, know that for our practice, however big or small it is, there are other practices out there that have needs that are greater than ours in volume. And so um, to put it in perspective, we're feeling that panic, but our friends down the street who have the ER specialty practice who are using 10 times that volume in the month, Mm-hmm. are also having that panic and need more than we do. And so that's one of the one of the areas where I feel like um, it took me a long time to understand that especially our distributor partners are doing that math for us and mm-hmm. trying to help us provide us with that data, right? So they're looking at it and they're saying they're pulling your 12 month or sometimes 24 month history and saying, okay, look, Stephanie, let's be real for a second. Yeah. Your, your <laughs> practice has only used two bottles of Dex SP in the last 24 months. You don't need 12 bottles. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need to prepare for like the daily infusion of like a busload of Great Danes. It's just going to come in every single day. You know, like we maybe don't have to go there. (laughs) Right, exactly. But in that, in that moment, it can feel really, uh, it can feel frustrating because you're just like, I, I want to solve the problem mm-hmm. and uh, it can be really easy to get to get irritated, but know that they're also working with data, which is super helpful. And if you, if you haven't utilized them in that way, that is a great thing that you can do. Pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, can you run my 12 or 24 month numbers and tell me, like if your PIMS, so when I first started doing inventory, our we were we were Avmark users and our PIMS was a nightmare and the inventory was not set up. It was a whole hot dumpster fire. And so I couldn't get any data out of it, even if I wanted to. And I can't tell you how many times I picked up the phone and called Mariva and was like, hey, can you please just tell me how much we've ordered in the last 12 months so that I could get that information. And so if you're one of those people who's like, well, we, we don't track it in, in our PIMS or if we, when we mentioned... That cove, which is probably worth uh, us telling those who are listening, going, what is that? What it is? Because I'm still astounded how many people do not use that cove. It just blows my mind that there are still people out there that don't know it and aren't using it. But if you're if you're one of those people, pick up the phone and call your distributor or send them, shoot your inside sales rep an email because that's what that's part of what they're there for. They're there to be your partner and help you pull that data, even if you don't have it uh, at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, just trying to get, you know, that data so we can get that information because I don't know about you, but I feel so much more comfortable when I know and I'm not having to guess. And I feel like just having that data just takes that question and the anxiety. Um, I call it unintentional chaos, right? Our practices are chaotic as enough as it is. So when we kind of like mm-hmm. add in this layer of unintentional chaos, it's like, what what can we do to kind of mitigate that? And I think adding data um, can really help that as long as you're comfortable with using it. Um, so, and that's kind of another point is kind of to like 
prep for it. If you're listening and you've never used reorder points before, you've never looked at how much you're actually um, purchasing or using a, a product, just start with just a couple products and just get familiar with looking at that information in your practice management system or calling your distributor. So if you're ever faced or when you're faced with those decisions of like, oh, how this is going on back order and I want to comfortably, you know, add in some extra stock, what does that look like? You feel comfortable with that data, feel comfortable finding mm-hmm. out where to get that. Because I think it's a little bit easier when you're um, not in that panic state and it's not a necessity that you find out right that minute. It kind of takes that pressure off. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, Is there anything else that you uh, would want to share with uh, those who are listening with us today about like the world's on back order? How do I prepare for this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also think, um, you know, adding a just... I'm not sure if I, I can't remember if I shared this already, but just like a, a sticker or something on the shelf of where it lives. And so oh, yeah. when somebody like goes to try to find something, they're like, oh, this is on back order. It's not that they were out. Because I think sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, we were in with Mrs. Jones and she agreed to all the stuff and we bring the dog to the back and we're out of like a whole bunch of stuff. It just takes the wind out of your sails. But just knowing that it's on back yep. order, um, you know, I think is kind of like helpful. Um, and then, yes. of course, we, I think, oh, go ahead, sorry. I, oh, I was going to say, I love that. And I love your idea of having like a sticker or something that you visually put on the shelves. One of the things we used to do is um, we used a, a tag system for the inventory. And when things would go on back order, those tags would sometimes sit in our to be ordered bucket for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I was always afraid that they would get lost. And so at some point along the line, we started putting back order, like we would cross out that, you know, someone had requested the item and write back order in Sharpie so that everybody could see in the date. And then we would stick a post-it to it if it had like more info or whatever, put C Slack. And then we would put that tag, we would hang it off of the space on the shelf. So if someone was standing and looking at the shelf, it was really easy with the tags hanging off to visually see at a glance what was what was missing, right? Not that just that it was oh, there's an empty spot on the shelf and maybe we just happened to run out of it, but that, oh, hey, that's actually a back order thing. Yes. Um, but love that's, that I, I love that, the idea of making it visual. Yeah, I feel like as, like as many visual cues as we can make, you know, because we're busy every day, just buzzing around, taking care of patients. And, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, where is this? You know, what what is happening? Mm-hmm. Sometimes just those visual cues yep. can just be like, oh, yeah, okay, that's what's happening. Um you know, you don't have to quite, I guess, think as much. Um, and the other thing that I always like to share about back orders and just like managing inventory right now is if you're an inventory manager listening to this, you are amazing. You are literally managing inventory for a practice in, I hate saying this word, but unprecedented time when there's never been Mm -hmm. more back orders and supply chain issues and just like navigating this whole thing. Like, don't forget to just remind yourself like how amazing you are for like navigating all of this right now. So just like, if you're feeling down on yourself, like just remember, just be like, okay, Nicole said, you really are doing amazing. (laughs) 
Hashtag true story. Like, let's uh, let's take a second. We say in Uncharted, like, this is a hold the trophy moment. Like, hold the trophy for yourselves, you guys, because Nicole is 100% right. This is one of the hardest things that, that maybe any of us who have managed inventory have ever had to go through. And you are doing an amazing job. And to that end, if we have people who are listening, Nicole, and they're like, I would love to even just be able to commiserate with my fellow inventory nerds because I didn't even know that there were groups out there. Where can people find uh, their fellow inventory nerds in your Facebook group? Totally. So um, you can look us up on Facebook. It's called the Veterinary Inventory Management Group. Feel free to join us. We would love, love, love to have you. If you're not on Facebook, we also have a um, a platform outside of Facebook called the Veterinary Inventory Strategy Network. Um, both are free to join. There's just a lot of really great people. Um, so we would love to have you yeah. uh, for sure. And if there are listeners who, uh, like one of the things that I love about you is that now that you are a person who has made the leap out of practice and are just nerding out on inventory and helping practices every day with your day job, um, I love when people ask me questions, I'm like, you need to reach out to Nicole because she has got so many resources and so many tools. And we do, we do. I mean, we have multiple courses within Uncharted where we talk solely about inventory and uh, we do a lot of the surface stuff. And one of the things that I love that you do is get down in the weeds with practices and help them on a practical level with setting up their practice management software, with figuring out how to do ABC analysis, with learning about reorder points and everything from the basic uh, education to the in-depth uh, consultation stuff, which I think is is so, so important. And so for those of our inventory managers who are listening, who are like, that's me, I am in crisis mode, I desperately need help. Uh, is there a place where they can find you? And we'll drop all of these in the show notes for you guys. So you have links to uh, to Nicole's uh, platforms. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a lot of information on my website. I release free guides all the time. Um, I also, you know, offer remote consulting services. Like if you need help with any kind of inventory, like I probably have something for you. Um, you can find my website at vetlogic.co. That really is .co and not .com. I actually also have a Pinterest account where there's like a ton of vet med and pharmacy inspiration and just all that kind of stuff. Pinterest is also at awesome. Veterinary Care Logistics. Same with Facebook and Instagram. So I'm pretty active on also the social media channels. And so if yeah. you're listening and... um like I just say hi, just send me a message on Instagram at veterinary care logistics. I'd love to just say hi to ch- and chat with you. I also do have like a PDF guide on back orders that I can send you. So feel free to send me a DM and yes. I can send that over to you. Yeah, I uh, I actually was checking that out through the website today and it's super, super easy to to access. Um, and for those of you guys who are listening who are Uncharted members, if you're like, hey, Stephanie's talking to us about this class that we didn't even know existed, you can search in uh, the knowledge library. And if you search inventory, it'll pop right up to the top for you. There have been multiple uh, sessions of that or you can send uh, me or Jen Galvin a message and we will get you to the right place within the community. Um, thank you, Nicole, so much for being here and talking with me today. This has been so fun. And honestly, like I can totally see, 
I can totally see you and I having more conversations in the the future because like you said, uh, we could talk about this stuff all day long. (laughs) Totally. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun and I always love getting to nerd out on inventory. So it's always a good day when we can talk inventory. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Okay, take care, everybody. Have a great week. Okay, bye. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me this week. I hope you enjoyed this different kind of conversation that I had today with Nicole. If you did, I have a feeling that you would enjoy joining us in Greenville, South Carolina for our upcoming April conference. We don't have too many spots left. I think there's maybe five, but we would love to see you in Greenville. It is happening April 21st through the 23rd. And I just want to take a quick second and say thank you to our sponsors. Without them, we couldn't make our live events happen. I want to thank Hills Pet Nutrition, Care Credit, and Nationwide for all their support. We are looking forward to spending time with them and with you in Greenville in just a few weeks. Hope to see you guys there. If you head on over to the website at unchartedvet.com, you can find out more information about registration. Take care, everybody. Have a great week.